don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Storytimes. I'm Kirsten. I'm Michelle. And we're back with another True Crime episode. From Kirsten. From me. Obviously, because this... she initiated the intro. That's how it works here. <laughs> That's how it works. So this is going to be my last True Crime for the next month, for the yep. next four weeks. And then I'll be back to giving you story times. And Michelle will be back to doing True Crimes. Yay! Round of applause. Yay! I know you guys missed me. Just kidding. That was me clapping. (laughs) Uh, Kirsten's episodes have been very, very good. This one is another short one. I also got the much-needed break, so. Yeah, and I definitely need a break after after this case that I'm doing Mm -hmm. today. Um, I just want to put a very big trigger warning at the beginning, because this case is very graphic, and um really detailed um so if you are triggered by sexual assault or torture things of that nature maybe don't watch this one or listen to this one just skip and go listen to my story time episode if you haven't listened to it yes okay so um this is the case of junko furuta okay that's how you pronounce it i think so bam junko furuta junko that's how i'm gonna say it you didn't Um, even look it up it's the audacity kirsten (laughs) i guess okay that's how it's spelled junko furuta it's it's japanese so that's what i'm going with okay um she was a 16 year old girl Mm -hmm. that was born in misato in Satama Prefecture okay. in Japan. Okay. I probably butchered all of those words. Probably. <laughs> um, and she was born on January 4th, 1971. So this was Jeez. a little long ago. Wow, that's crazy. She was very beautiful and active. Mm-hmm. She was uh, just, like, very good looking. Um, she got a lot of attention because of her looks. Um and she was very much like a good girl. Like, like a goody two shoes. Like a goody two shoes. She never did anything wrong. Never smoked, never drank, never did drugs, nothing like that. Sounds like a young Kirsten to me. Man. I relate to this. Me too. I'm not saying I was bad. I know. I'm I'm proud of being a goody two shoes. I never I, I, I never was... got in trouble in school. Ever. Oh, I definitely did. Not I at guess school I couldn't or say I was a goody two shoes. I was close. But the not the quite. only the only thing I ever got in trouble for was I was at a friend's house mm-hmm. and I was supposed to be home at a certain time and it was like ten minutes past when I was supposed to be home mm-hmm. and I like didn't care so I was just chilling at my friend's house and my mom literally called the police <laughs> and was wow. like having them search for me <laughs> and I was like just down the road at my friend's house my mom called my friend's mom and she was like 
the police are looking for you. And I was like, huh? They're like, yeah, your parents are freaking out because they can't find you. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, better go home. Yeah. Well, you just <laughs> didn't give a fuck. <laughs> no. That's but one anyway, thing I was good about. Yeah. Is, uh, being home at the right time. Yeah, but I did go, like me and my friends would walk at like two in the morning. Like shit oh, like that, no, I dude. never did anything like that. I never yeah. like sneak out or anything like that. Oh, I didn't sneak out. Like your mom knew? No, it was my dad. Oh, I dad? said, peace. I'm out. He's like, okay. All right, see you later. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I think I was 18 at the time. I was just, I was close to 18. Okay, pretty well, that's much. a little so different. I was, I was like 14 when that Oh, no, happened. no, no. Like, I was pretty close to 18 at this time, and mm-hmm. I basically just did whatever I wanted. Like, I didn't even care what he said. I was going to do what I wanted to do when yeah. I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That was not me. Oh, no. That was definitely <laughs> me. I was like, I'm going this place. I was like, I have to be home at 3 and it's 2.30. I better go home now. <laughs> I didn't even have a curfew. I showed up at home when I wanted to. My mom would make me, like, check in, like, every hour of the day. Oh, my dad didn't make me check That's, in at that point. It, it made me so mad because I'd be, like, hanging out with my friends. Mm-hmm. And I'd be, like, I'd just get to their house and be, like, oh, I have to, like, go check in because I walked everywhere. Oh, yeah. Because I was young. Mm-hmm. I'd have to check in every hour. I'm, like, come on. Like, I have to walk back and forth every hour oh, of no, the day. Oh, no, like, That's when I was younger and, like, my mom would take me places with my friends or something, she would, like, just drop me off and then be like, all right, just text me in a little bit just to let me know that you're fine. But that was not until I was, like, 15. Yeah. 16. So I already I was, like, had 13, a phone. 13, 14 years old. I and I basically had a job yeah. already. So, like, anyways, anyways. tangents. <laughs> Let's get back to it. So, she attended Yashi Minami mm-hmm. High School and worked part-time at a plastic molding factory after school and had started working there in October of 1988. She worked there so she could save money for a trip she had planned after she graduated high school. So she was like very much like responsible at this age. Mm-hmm. Sounds like me. Yeah. Um, Plastic molding factory, that's good money these yeah, days. Yeah, dude. dude. I mean... This was this was in 1988 though. Yeah, I know, but that was still probably, probably good, good money, money back then. Yeah, like that. Those companies make a lot of money. Yeah, dude. Um, she also had already accepted a job in an electronics retailer, and had plans to work there after she graduated high school. So she was wow. like already like planning for the future. Damn, look at her go, man. Junko was really well liked in high school. Why do I feel like it's Junko? Is Not it Junko? Is it Junko? Probably. I feel like it's not Junko. I don't know. I'm about to look it up. So I guess I was saying it wrong. It's Junko. My bad. Call this poor girl Junko. Well, it's it said Junko on one and Junko on another. Yeah. Junko. That's that's what we'll call her from now on. Okay. So Junko was really well liked in school. She had high grades and hardly missed any school. She was very popular and had dreams of becoming a famous singer. Oh, okay. I see you, girl. Even though she was such a good girl, sometimes some of the students thought that she was lame. Same. Um, one of these students was Hiroshi Miyano. He had a crush on Junko, but he wasn't really interested in having a relationship with her. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Yeah. He liked her, but he didn't want to be with her. Gotcha. 
Um, but Junko, like, turned him down. She turned it away. She didn't want to have anything to do with him. Gotcha. Um, now this boy, Hiroshi Miyano. We're gonna refer to him, to him as Miyano for this whole episode. Okay. Um, he was seen as the school bully. So, quite literally the opposite of Junko. Um, he bragged about his connections with Yakuza, which mm-hmm. is a powerful Japanese organized crime group. Like a gang, basically. What a flex. But he didn't actually have any connections with this group. He just, like, did that to scare people. Yeah. Yeah. No one had ever denied him or turned him down because he would threaten them with the fact that he had connections with Yakuza. So most people were scared of what would happen if they rejected him. Gotcha. But Junko didn't care. She was like, I don't, I don't like you. Like, no thanks. I'm sure she didn't do it in, like, a rude way, but she was just kind of like... Yeah, but, like... I'll pass. She's this good girl, goody two-shoes, and has her life planned out, and he's threatening, saying he knows this organized crime group. Why? That would not make you make her, like, care at all. Yeah. So, obviously, Miyano was not happy that she rejected him. Probably not. So, Miyano and another one of his friends... Shinji Minato. <laughs> Minato. I pronounced Minato like that because it's very close to Miyano. Mm-hmm. I know, but it uh, just sounded so white. I'm I know, sorry. I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. So, Miyano and Minato. Okay. Two different people. Um, They were hanging around at a local park a few days after Junko had rejected him. Mm-hmm. Um, And they were preying on women. They were, like, not good kids. Um, I say kids, but I think they were, like, 17, 18. Still kids. Yeah. To be honest. Yes. Um, they were experienced gang rapists. hmm So, they knew how to, like, spot easy targets. Like, they had done this before. Nasty ass. So, they were, like, really, really bad people. Really bad kids. Disgusting. Yeah. So, around 8.30 p.m., on November 25th, 1988, the two boys noticed Junko riding her bike home from work. Minato rushed her and kicked her off her bike, creating a diversion in which Miyano stepped in, pretending to be a bystander who was trying to help her. So they were like acting like they didn't know each other. Miyano helped her up and asked if she wanted him to escort her home, and she accepted. And she never made it home that night. Wow. So, I'm going to go ahead and put one last trigger warning here because we're going to get into the details of her torture and leading up to her death. All right. Well, I think I'm going to head out. <laughs> it gets pretty It gets pretty graphic. So, just stop listening now. You've been warned. So, instead of taking her home, Miyano led Junko to an abandoned warehouse where he told her of his connections with Yakuza, and then he raped her. He threatened to kill her and her family if she made a sound. He also took her to a hotel and raped her there as well. Makes me sick to my stomach, dude. Yeah. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Um, After he finished what he was doing, at around 3 a.m., so, remember, she, they did this, they kidnapped her at 8.30. Yeah. And now it's, it's already 3. Yeah. He took her to a park where Minato and two other boys 
Joe Ogura, Ogura, mm-hmm. and Yasushi Watanabe mm-hmm. were waiting for them. So now it's Miyano Minato and two other guys. Gotcha. Four people. Um, They had found her address on one of her papers in her backpack and told her that if she tried to escape, they would have members of Yakuza go to her home and kill her family. So she was like trapped she felt like she was trapped she couldn't do anything that's crazy so all the other boys then raped her and smuggled her into minato's home in the a's district of adachi okay so now they are at one of their houses they made her call her parents and tell them that she ran away and that she was safe and would be staying at home with at um one of her friends home yeah, but if I was her parent, I don't think I would believe that considering she never has done anything wrong. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And also I would be calling the police. Now and... she's calling her parents saying that she's she's fine. That, that she ran away and she's fine. Would be all right, I'm calling the police now. Yeah. I don't care if you ran away or not, I'm yeah. still gonna call the police. Yeah. I don't care if you say you're fine, I don't believe you. Yeah. So on the night of November twenty eighth Miano invited two more boys over to Minato's house. Oh, my God. I'm going to butcher all of these names. I'm uh, just going to tell you right now. It's fine. Um, Tetsuo Nakamura mm-hmm. and Kiyochi Ihara. That's, that that's wasn't too bad. That, that's what it looks like it says. So, they went up to the room where they were keeping Junko. Mm-hmm. She was wearing a long sleeve t-shirt and a skirt that Miyano had stolen from a clothing store a few days prior. The boys drank cough syrup and pretended to be high. Why would you pretend to be high? Wow. Strange. What a flex. Oh my yeah. god. No. You have to remember, they're like six, 16, 17, 18 years old. How cringy. Yeah. Um, Junko tried to run away, screaming. But Miyano grabbed her legs, and Ihara put a pillow over her face. Jeez. Minato's parents, who were still living in the house, heard the scream and went to check on what was going on, but Minato told them that it was nothing and that everything was fine. The group of boys then proceeded to gang rape her. During this time, Junko was in a state of unconsciousness. Um, excuse me, wait a second. Back up. Okay. His parents heard the scream, and then he's like, oh, it's fine, it's nothing. I think they they probably knew, like, not exactly what was going on, but since these boys were known, like, gang rapists, n- known gang what members. What kind of parents are you? They, then? like, didn't do anything about it. I don't know. That's Maybe they were disgusting. also part of it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to assume. But they didn't do anything. So, um, the boys held Junko captive for 44 days. That's insane. Torturing her every day. Okay, where did they keep her? In the house. In the upstairs. Bruh, no. His parents knew. That, that's bullshit. Um, and now we're gonna go into the details of what they did to her. So, like I said trigger warning click out of this video now if you're clicking out take me with you (laughs) i'm sorry in advance 
Um, she was kept naked the entire time they held her captive. A hundred different people would come in and out and sexually assault and rape her over 500 times in 44 days. They would beat her with anything they could find. Scissors, bottles, a hot, a hot light bulb, chicken skewers, roasting needles, and irons were inserted into her genitals. They burned parts of her body, cut off her breasts. She was forced to eat cockroaches and drink urine. They urinated her, hung her from the ceiling, and used her as a punching bag. They made her sleep on the balcony in the cold winter. Her stomach was crushed with dumbbells. They beat her with golf clubs and iron rods. They stored her body in the refrigerator for hours. And they burnt her genitals and eyelids with a lighter. So they did some pretty horrific things to this poor girl who was only 16 years old. Due to her injuries, she couldn't even stand. She had to crawl downstairs to try to go to the bathroom. The police were called twice about Junko's condition, but they failed to check on her both times. The first time they called, they were called, the call was made by a boy who had been invited over to the house, like up to where they were keeping her. Mm-hmm. He told his brother about what they were doing to her, and then the brother told their parents, who then called the police. The police went to the Minato's house. But the family assured them that there was no girl in the house. So they left. Bro. Didn't even check. They just left. What a bunch of BS, bro. No. Y'all are fucking shitty parents, period. So, well. Shitty people in general. I don't know if they really knew what was going Mm -mm. on. If she's crawling down the stairs to go to the bathroom. They're keeping her in the refrigerator for hours. How do they not know? I don't know. No. They know. They knew. I swear to God. Allegedly. Let's just say allegedly. I'll put that on there, but. Nah, I don't believe that they didn't know what was happening. Not even for a fucking second. Mm -hmm. A second. Okay, I'm done with my rant. (laughs) Okay. I'm just getting shitty because this pisses me off and it makes me sick to my stomach. See, I don't understand how the parents, like, didn't know. That's why I don't understand. It, like, never did anything about it. Yeah, I don't believe that. This whole time I was thinking, there's other people in the house. Like, there's parents in the house. How do they not know? Also, who's fucking parents? people going in and out. Yeah. Whose parents let a hundred different people come out that many times like no like i don't know mm -mm. it's it's sketch for sure so after around 20 days of being tortured she managed to call an emergency number to call the police this was the second time the police was called she was caught trying to call the police by her kidnappers and they disconnected the call police called back but miano answered and told them it was a mistake she was punished for trying to call the police. So they burned her legs by pouring lighter fluid on them and igniting them with a lighter. After that, she could no longer move her legs at all. She couldn't breathe due to a blood clot that had formed in her nose. She had internal bleeding and couldn't even digest anything in her stomach, which led her to constantly vomit. The boys would then beat her for ruining the carpet by vomiting on it. At around 30 days, she stopped urinating, and her eardrums were damaged. 
Junko begged for them to kill her because she couldn't take the pain anymore. I would too. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. I can't imagine. On the 44th day of her abduction, January 4th, 1989, the boys beat her with an iron barbell, poured lighter fluid on her face, stomach, legs, and face, and set her on fire and let her burn for two hours. She died later that day. They were scared of someone finding out why, uh, what they had done to her, so they put her body in a 55-gallon drum and filled it with concrete and disposed of it in Kodo, Tokyo. Two weeks later, Miyano and Ogura were arrested on a different gang rape charge. During Miyano's interrogation, the police mentioned an open murder investigation. He assumed they were talking about Junko's murder and figured that Ogura must have told the police everything, so Miyano told police where they could find Junko's body. The murder they were talking about had nothing to do with Junko, but Miyano had basically turned himself in, and he told them where the body was, so Mm -hmm. he really messed up on his part. Mm Mm-hmm. The four boys were all in custody within a few days of him confessing. Good. Since all of the boys were underage at the time of the murder, they were tried as minors. Hiroshi Miyano was 18, Ogira was 18, Minato was 16, and Watanabe was 17. The court originally withheld their names because they were minors, but a journalist did some digging and published their identities Dude, to the okay. public. This is one thing that I kind of like about the American justice system. So if you do a crime this bad and mm-hmm. you're a minor, it you still... Matter. Well, it does. They have to decide whether you get tried as an adult or not. Mm-hmm. It, well, it yeah, it depends on like the severity of the... Yeah, so... Yeah. Like, this would have definitely been... They would have like, been charged as adults and yeah. been in prison... For the rest of their life. Well, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Our justicism isn't that great. I don't want to give it that much credit. I'm just saying. Um, so Miyano was given a 20 year sentence and the other three boys were only given seven years. Bullshit. Junko, sorry, I said it wrong again. Junko Furuta went through terrible, intolerable pain and did nothing wrong. Okay. Mm. She did nothing. Nope. Even if she did do something, that doesn't give you the right to do this to somebody. No, they were just pieces of shit. Yeah. That's it. So, we're going to get into, like, where these people are now. Okay. Miyano was denied parole in 2004 and was released from prison in 2009. Okay. Person that has a hand in murdering somebody and torturing them for 44 days is released from prison in 2009. He was rearrested for fraud in 2013, but was released without charge due to lack of evidence. So he's free, as far as we know. Bullshit. Minato originally received a four to six year sentence, but was resentenced to five to nine years. Still not enough? Yeah. His parents and brother were not charged in the case even though that's whose house they were at oh yeah okay. yeah bullshit yeah 
Well, I feel like his parents and brother should have been interrogated a little bit more, right? Yeah. Because maybe I understand his brother, depending on the age. Mm-hmm. Because if his brother was like 10 or something like that at the time this was happening. Right. What's he going to do? Yeah. You know? But his parents. There had to have been. They had to have known. I'm yeah. sorry. But allegedly. Yes. He was released from prison, but was re-arrested for attempted murder in two, in 2018 when he beat a 32-year-old man with a metal rod and slashed his throat with a knife. And that's why he should have been in prison in the first place for longer than that. Yeah, so this guy is off the rails since the beginning. Um, Watanabe was sentenced to three to four years in prison, but received an upgraded sentence of five to seven years, and there wasn't really much more after that that I could find. That was all it said. Once again, not enough. Yeah. Um, Ogura served eight years in prison and was released in 1999, but was rearrested in 2004 for assault. He was originally sentenced to seven years for prison, in prison, for the assault, and has since been released. If he would have been kept in prison, that wouldn't have happened. So, he's free. Um, Junko's funeral was held on April 1st, 1989. Her future employer, the the place that she was getting a job at after she graduated Mm -hmm. high school. The electrical sales place, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, They presented Junko's family with the uniform she would have worn and placed it in the casket with her. Mm. The principal at her school presented her diploma to her parents um and at least three books have been written about junko's case and a film was also made about it and it is called concrete wow that's crazy so yeah that was the horrible case of junko furuta and i'm sorry if i pronounced (laughs) all of the names wrong i did my best that's crazy i'm sorry you had to sit through that yeah that was but i felt like it needed to be talked about for sure. It was... It's nuts. Yeah, definitely. And what's even more nuts to me is that these people held her captive for 44 days, tortured her, murdered her, and they're free. Yeah. They're free bullshit. now. They're not even in... And committing more pr- crimes. Crimes, obviously. Right. That, they, that could have been prevented had they, they just stayed in prison for the yeah. rest of their lives. Yeah. They do not deserve to be living normal lives no they do not they they took her life from her so their lives need to be taken from them as well and all of they need to rat out all of the hundred people that were coming in seriously and assaulting her as well nasty motherfuckers because i guarantee those people are out there doing some fucked up shit too Mm -hmm. if you've listened this far i'm sorry you had to hear all that yeah but i felt i haven't seen a whole lot of people talk about this case Mm -hmm. and i just wanted to put it out there all right well anyway go subscribe to our patreon yeah if you want to see the bonus episode for today yes i will be doing the bonus episode i did the bonus episode um reading some scary stories Mm-hmm. that i found on reddit that's three bonus episodes on our patreon and all of our unedited uncut versions and there's two mukbangs on there too yeah taco bell and popeyes y'all we talk about ourselves if you want to learn about us some more that's the first one 
Mm-hmm. And it's, um, Am I the Asshole? On For the second one. The second one. There's, there's lots of content on the Patreon. There you guys is. are missing out. I'm telling you. Go subscribe. Yep. Please. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll see you in the next one. See ya. Bye.